Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. I'm a new presenter for this podcast. My name's Nigel Lamont, and I'm joined by regular hosts. Lee Maxwell. And Connor McCann. Yeah, so after a long break from recording, I think we're talking there, it must be two months. Yeah, it's... Well, six weeks, I mean. Well, it's eight weeks when we recorded with you in person, and it's seven weeks when we've actually seen you. That's right, it's on the... Yeah, you were recording Dose-ly, remotely. Dosely assistance. Dosely assistance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were dosed, to be fair. I'm a night shift this week, so bear with me. Um, yeah, so I've been doing a bit of holiday. And, uh, Living the dream. Yeah, I hadn't had a good holiday in three years, so cut me some slack. So I was away in Menorca for a week with my wife, and I was very relaxed and very good. Then we had an American holiday, went to New York. Uh, two weeks ago, well, last week, last week, two weeks, uh, somewhere around that, somewhere around then. Um, that and was in be between it. all that, you had COVID, and in between, I had COVID. <laughs> and luckily, I had COVID two weeks before I went away to America, or I'd be a very sad boy and wouldn't have got to America. Funny, I actually thought that as well because yeah. I was like, That's see, very as soon as I knew I got it, I just went, Thank goodness I got it now. That gives me two weeks to not worry about it because it'd be worse if you got it a couple of days before you went. Yeah, it was the same thing when we went to Florida, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Then we put, was it, no, was it Florida or was it, uh, Georgia, when we went, we put the engine in with Stefan and Lucy's caddy, and we were kind of avoiding everybody. You know that last week, you're just like, well, I'll just kind of stay away from everybody here, because no, my luck, I will actually get it. No, um, so I believe, I believe I know the source of the COVID, but I'm not putting it on air. Oh, yes. Uh, so, Put yeah. them on blast. <laughs> <laughs> went to New York. That was my first time. Well, I've been in New York before, just a transfer flight, JFK, but that was my first time in New York. Originally in 2020, we had planned as whole big family thing to go to Orlando again but hey COVID and all that carry on so we still had our deposit from the initial holiday and we asked the kids did they want to go to Disney Universal or do they want to go to New York and surprisingly they said New York mm. I suppose something different for them yeah so uh went over from Thursday right through to Wednesday uh, intense few days Oh yeah, it's not a relaxing holiday as we said. New York is mental, mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Uh, you've probably been loads of times, have you? Not so much. I've been a few times, yeah. Lee's been more than I have. Um, I think I've been in it twice. Well, we've been in New York State quite a lot because we went to Albany and, um, but New York City not that often. Yeah, like say Lee would have more. Did you did you notice any car crashes when you were there? None. I noticed cars that had looked like they were just out of T-Met. Oh, yeah. Driving That's, about. Well, a big thing... We saw a load. ...is for... Just like fender benders I kind s- of... No, I've seen a lot bumps, of... In Orlando, I've seen a lot of that. Well, do you know the yellow taxis in New York? Yeah. The amount of those that sideswipe other cars and drive on is really common. <laughs> That's why they're painted so badly. They look like they're painted with a roller. Because they just go back into the depot at night and get redone. Yeah, hide right. the evidence and away you go. Goodbye. Yeah, remember we were yeah. standing in the street before, next thing you hear the horn going and they go like, and you turn around, someone stopped dead because it's their car, the taxi driver's way on, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I wouldn't like to... A like, lot of them have those, what do they call it, like bumper buddies? The yeah, they hang out hanging the out the back of their boot, like oh, a like, padded thing. They're busy like dodgems. Well, I was going to say I wouldn't like to own anything particularly nice in New York City, but you did see some nice cars. Yeah, I shared on our story a few weeks. Uh, pictures of cars here and there. I forget what I actually took pictures of. There's uh, a lot of Corvettes and stuff. Yeah, there was a GTI, one of the Mark Eight GTIs. I think it was. I think it was Mark Seven. Mark Seven. Mark Seven. There was a Army Green pickup, which I quite like. Yeah, that one stuck out in my head. I think it was a Chevrolet yep. pickup, wasn't it? One of the 
1500 series, I think it was. Yeah. A lot of supercars beating around Manhattan. It's all that sweet city money. Sweet city money. But again, would you want to risk getting sideswiped by a yellow taxi? Yeah, this is true. No, a crazy place, just people everywhere. And we packed a lot in, done a lot of the usual touristy stuff, but very enjoyable, but very tiring at the same time. Aye, it's the sort of thing you need a week off after you come home. Yeah, well, luckily I'd booked two days off when I came back. I'm so glad I did. Much smarter than I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> I remember driving up from Dublin and flying back into Dublin. And I don't really sleep in the plane. I just sort of nod off every so often. Flip. Talk about trying to keep your eyes open the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was the same on the way back from Alpine Vagfair with Lee and Stefan. We had an overnight flight, which gets you there, you know, first thing in the morning. It should be great because you sleep. No, I can't sleep. No. And I remember watching some... Tim Allen, who used to do Home Improvement, yep. had a tool show with your guy who played his partner Al on it, uh-huh. and it's like it's so it's so American, so cheesy. But this is like basically they get three contestants, and they they were doing it remotely, but I assume that was because of COVID. But they send them out all these parts, and they have to like assemble a machine that does a certain task. But then they throw them a curveball with this; they have to do this other task, and they've like so long to do it. But like it's just so cheesy american you yeah. know like it's it's like cringy. it's a good concept but they managed to make it awful yeah it's cringy watching it and, yeah. I, and I that was the only thing that was keeping me awake that entire flight there's some show i started watching on disney plus i can't even remember what it was but it was some kind of food related show and they have these teams of people who have to design cakes and things and mm-hmm. it's like it's the type of thing that i like to watch but not this because it's just so just ruined yeah, and there's so much just talking shit and, you know, all this. And I'm just like, just show me the just show me the food, the cooking of the food and the preparing of the thing. That's all I want. I used to love watching Carlos Bakery from New York. Do you ever see that in Discovery? I think I've seen bits of it, yeah. We actually went to his bakery. And ah, that's Manhattan. very cool. It's very good, and I enjoyed that. Way across, I watched Top Gun 1 and 2. Oh, back to back? So I've finally seen... Uh, the two of them. Oh, did you not see the second one recently in the cinema? No. It's good, isn't so it? So I thought I'd better remind myself by watching the first one. Yeah, we were going to do that and then didn't. We just went straight for and it. And then one to watch on the way back. I watched Batman and Talladega Nights on the way back. Which Batman, the new one? Oh, number three of the Nolan trilogy. Oh, uh, the last one. Is it Rises? Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite. Yeah, uh, that whole series is great. And what was the other <laughs> one, did you say, sorry? The one after Batman? Oh, Talladega Nights. Ah, oh, of course. Okay, America. Hard to beat. Yeah. No, very enjoyable. I'm back now and good to have you back. Previous episode was episode 74 Tesla See Dead People with our super sub host, Stefan. Again, thanks very much, Stefan, for knocking out of the park. Just a few callbacks in this. Let me just clear my throat. Again, here we go. I nearly spat my tea out when I heard Connor saying, The dildo of consequence is rarely lubed. That's true. Yes. And then I picked up on the Milwaukee versus DeWalt debate. Oh, yes. And it was great to say say that Stefan is regularly using his tool. Mm, well, <laughs> yeah. He did specify tools, not tool. tools. And there was, at the question section, somebody was asking about projects. How mm-hmm. should I approach a project? I don't know if it was you or Connor or you or Stefan came out and said, start slow, be comfortable in what you're doing and be safe. I couldn't help think, is that a sex advice <laughs> thing? Or is that a project advice thing? Because it's very similar guidelines, Connor. I was going to say, potentially there's something more going on in my head there. <laughs> 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 it 
practice are going to teaching. Yeah. Uh, maybe a biology class. So thanks again, Stefan. Brilliant. We'll yeah, get, I, we'll get you on for... I did laugh because we asked him to do the, the first one when you were away in Spain. And then... I didn't really expect it to be so soon to do the next one, so I hadn't actually said to him about it. And then I was sort of like, I can't remember what I was helping him with, maybe the Cleo, and I was like, uh, how about coming back on again, you know? Is that when you'd half welded on the cell and went, I'm not finishing this until you say yes? Pretty much. <laughs> so that nah, was good. It was good yeah. fun. No, so glad to be back. I hope you let me back anyway. And, good to have uh, you back. We'll just move on to New with You, so crack on, folks. Lee, do you want to go first? Uh, I have nothing. Well, you have something. It's a dark depths of winter. <laughs> That's the problem. And work. I've just I've been away twice in the last two weeks over to England and stuff, flying in and out in the same day. It's just, I'm still wrecked. I'm still not right. Well, you <laughs> did get a delivery recently. Did I get a delivery recently? You did. What was it? A cardboard delivery. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about this. No, go for it. Well, okay. We got a mystery <laughs> delivery to the house. It was one night. Was it a Sunday it is, night? It isn't one of them ones. Was it sniff my knickers? Or no, the, not you even. You ever like hear about them? Prank things. You oh said? yeah. No, the, um, it wasn't even that. It was more strange because I was editing the last podcast. Lee was working, and I had just sat down to put my headphones on and heard a knock at the door. And was, was like, the Amazon? Was it the lady or the man? I don't know, but they were gone by this stage. So right. I got up, looked, and there was this package, like a big, maybe what three foot by three foot box, but only maybe about half an inch thick. Right. I was like, right. So I lifted it, looked at who it was addressed to, because I wasn't sure if it was me or Lee, but I probably rarely order anything. Yeah, it's usually me. And who was it addressed to? It was addressed to Checo Perez. But our house our address. address. Oh, right, okay. And I was like, right, well, this is going well. So I brought it in to Lee, and I was like, did you order this? And she's like, nope. And then you actually had to go onto your Amazon account and see, did you like, order drunk? Was I drunk? <laughs> so. That oh, damn wine again. Opened it up, and what was it, Lee? It's a life-size Max Verstappen cardboard cutout. Oh, that's just fantastic. That someone has sent to our house. Just well, we randomly. we don't know who it was. The stamp, is there a postcode or anything? Nope. No, because it's, it's Amazon. Amazon. Oh, for sake. So someone was very smart. So we started to think we were like, There's right. There's no like delivery note in the box or anything. You were a suspect at the start. Because like, right, so us was somebody that I wouldn't be that address. smart. Well, I was like, right, we'll have to narrow this down. And then my thinking on it was, we'll tell no one. No, we haven't even mentioned Have you got to the bottom who it is? Yes. Okay. Have you? Lee doesn't know. I didn't know. know. I thought so, it was still a mystery. I'd be interested to find your technique. My thinking Poirot. was, I'm going to wait them out. So I told no one. We yeah, didn't tell Stefan. Playing a prank on someone if yeah. they don't respond. I went into full paranoid mode and didn't tell anyone at all. And I had my suspicions. CSI reload. So three hours later, right? Leah from Florida messes me and she always accuses me of being a Max Verstappen fan. So I go, you're a Max fanboy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm really not. I don't really have a favourite driver, but this is her thing to wind me up about. So three hours later, despite not having spoken to her in about a week, she messes me out of the blue and I was like, she ah. would have got a message about that being delivered. I was like, you're on the list, but I said nothing. I was like, I'll wait her out and see. So that was fine. But then I started to get paranoid and imagine all these other people as well but i was still kind of thinking it was her and then two nights ago i get into bed and her husband ian messes me are you looking forward to the race at the weekend and i was like hmm here we go <laughs> and he says uh he said something do you have a favorite driver i was like this has become very suspicious <laughs> exactly 
So I said to him, no, not particularly, you know, and he says, yeah. At that I, point, you should have done a selfie with him. Well, what, <laughs> what he said to me was, um, he said to me, yeah, I'm the same. I don't really like, I like all the drivers. Not really for Stappen, though. I find him a bit flat. You know, he's a bit of a two-dimensional, ding, ding, ding. two-dimensional personality, and I just mess him going, you bastard. <laughs> so I think I got a, I got him because I was actually looking during the week. I was going to send him a Latifi one randomly, but I couldn't find it on, like, the American Amazon to do it. But it turns out he had sent it from UK Amazon. Oh, so he had got something to do it for him? Yeah, so... I was going to send it back to him, couldn't find it, but it would have been quite funny if it hadn't been him. And then I had to send this random to him and just this chain of confusion leading on. So, yeah, and I didn't even tell Lee because I wanted to get a reaction to this here. This could spiral. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. This is how wars start. It is. So it's going up, it's, it's going up in the garage. We can throw darts at it or something. <laughs> That's a It's cracker. a good... Yeah. He looks really young in it. It's obviously an older photo of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like probably from the early days of Rebel, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it was very funny. Well, but it was, it's, been a, it's been an interesting mystery the past couple of weeks. He did say that it has been absolutely eating him alive. And that's why he was like, so I waited him out. I was good. Uh, I was like, they'll come to me. He was waiting for you to do an Instagram story. Went, Who the hell sent, Who sent this? this? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that was good fun. Okay. Um, what have I been up to then? I uh, finished Stefan's Cleo. We talked about it in the last one. We we're doing the welding for the sills. So we got them finished up, epoxy primed, and then seam sealed. So I think it's going up off to paint very soon. Um, Lee's gearbox work continues. The longest gearbox refurbish ever. I swear to God. I really wish I'd just got it blasted at this point. But I'm sort of too far in it now to go. There's so little left to do. But it's like, if you imagine an OTA gearbox, the passenger side drive shaft flange in behind that there's all like wee dimples where the diff is i see trying to get all those clean mm. but i'm gonna paint it so it needs to be clean yeah, it needs to be done so i've just been working away at that drain the oil out of it this is the gearbox that you sold the years ago out of the Passat. Right. yeah drain the oil out of it no metal bits in it which was a good sign um gear oil disgusting as always as always yeah it smells like, worse it smells like cat piss and then on the way home from this we're making a detour home to Connor Old's house, who has a TDI OTA gearbox for Lee. I was going to use that for my news next time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you can talk about it. And uh, it was quite good because he had said basically he got it for free and he was going to pass it on to Lee for free because that's how shit works. Oh, I was like, brilliant. happy days. Yeah. So that'll hopefully let us get on with that. Clean the borer. We've got its uh, annual what, bath. Yeah, one of three, year, one of three a year. Um, mm, it's less than that. Probably is less than that. Went to town on it, I washed it. I was actually power washing Lee's gearbox. And then I looked at the bore and thought, oh, it deserves a wash. So I washed it, pulled it inside, and then I started doing the interior and it went sort of top to bottom on it. And it rewarded me with a check engine light. You know, Ugh, as yes. you do. Traditional. <laughs> yep. I went home things. from the cinema last night, it popped on. I was like, well, fuck you. You never get washed again. <laughs> you plug it in the scene. I or? didn't even know to do it later on. Ah. I just drove home and went to bed. Well, that's a lie. I sat on IMDb for about an hour after the cinema. Um, what else did we get up to? Oh, I've been hunting in the garage. Hunting? Yes, hunting mice. Oh no, how did you come across mice? So I was working at the gearbox during the week and I had a, the wee red Mark III sitting with the bonnet up and there was a blue roll sitting on the latch panel above the radiator and I noticed a few bits of it like torn up along the panel and I went... I didn't do that. And I sort of thought, was there somebody here, you know, fucking about with it or something, mm. like fidgeting? I was like, no, that's a mouse. So one of the guys in work had bought traps and he had spare ones. So he gave me the rest of them and I just sort of set them up. 
set them up yesterday afternoon um and within a couple hours had one like i set them up basically i think i've ordered the bits to remedy it but because where our slab comes for the guards there's like like a sort of 10 mil recess at the door edge where the door drops down into but the rails don't go fully down they sit about 10 mil up mm-hmm. so you could like technically you could probably work your finger in the gap which is probably if they're getting in more that or the door has been up and i can you know, i've went to the toilet and ones get in or whatever so i've ordered we like aluminium angle iron just to bond down at the bottom just to close up the gap on it it's the way i've done the slab uh-huh. has allowed that so uh my thinking behind that was so that the door sits down and flush and doesn't let water in just blowing in under kind of thing um so yeah, I don't know if it's getting that way or I just left the door open and cut in, but got one. And then today then, I set the trap again last night, had another one this morning. I was like, ah, oh, happy days. So hopefully I reset it again, I'll see. But it's when the cold and the frost starts, you really start to get them in. Aye, that's it's it. still very mild, man. Like that's it, 15, yeah. 15 yeah really and there's no food in the guards. Like we don't have anything in there, you know. Or, I have a shelter. Yeah, that's what it's thinking. Plus we have eight cats that belong to the neighbor roaming the property. So they're probably thinking... That's you know, there's no here. cats in here. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll set a few traps and get them sorted. But they haven't done any damage, thankfully, which is good. So you can't really be bad at that. The last time we had a mouse or rat problem, I ended up... Re-built. We always had mice in the workshop. Oh, the other workshop? Yeah. yeah. But they never really did much. It was the rat. Aye. I was rats do damage. Oh, mice rats. are just nibbly things, but they don't... You know, really they don't just... really chew wires and things. So they can't. They're too small. Aye. Rats can't. Oh, these are like, you know, like we... Like a field mouse, like a wee tiny thing, that's what they are, so. We we got a rat in our house, our old house, upstairs in the attic. Oh, lovely. And it, it done some damage, like, when I got up. Oh, yeah. But it didn't, it was only there for a week or two. Away again kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So the last time we had a rat, the rat got into my Mark Three. that's why I ended up painting the car and full interior and pumping pump thousands into it. <laughs> it kind of spiraled a bit. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we don't want that happening again. I do Definitely want to restore not. that wee car, but I don't want it. I don't want the interior chewed up as my main thing because the interior is really clean on it. Yeah. Um, I have a few callbacks as well from the last one. So Lee, you mentioned um, in Retro Classics magazine that DB Dailies were in it. Yeah. It was actually we got a message from Er.cool.auto, one of the listeners, and he actually done the write up for it, cool. which is pretty cool. Auto. But yeah, is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Very smart. Um. What else have we got? Zach Martin. Have you been seeing what he's been up to lately? Zach oh, Martin. I do follow him as well. But um, he was the World Cup Finals in Maryland there, drag racing with his new setup. He has a 3.2, sorry, 3.3 R32 engine in the Mark III now, with a turbo one at the... 24 valve? Yeah. Um, so he was 12 valve before. When yeah, I, I was thinking he was 12 valve. I think he's only maybe about 12 or 13 passes on it. And in three in a row, he consistently done personal bests. So he's now down to an 8.6 second at 173 mile an hour. The donkey tech guys from Germany are still running 12 valves. They are, they? yeah. He was a big, Zach was a big, big 12 valve guy and uh-huh. was like, no, I'm not going 24 yeah. valve. And has went and he says he's seen the light because he hasn't even got the, he's not even running as much boost as he was with the 12 valve. And he's also hasn't really got the car dialed in and he's done three personal bests. So, great, great things to come. Yeah. Uh, Justin Holmes and Andrew Sturt, two of our listeners in the States were there, sent me videos. They also sent me videos of starlets drag racing. So when they tell me about starlets, I was like, I don't think America got starlets. Mm-hmm. They got them in the 80s, you know, the old rear wheel drive ones. Hi. And apparently the Puerto Ricans are nuts for these things. And they have like the, 
13 is a 13b rotary engines from the mazdas with the back arches are tubbed higher than the like the shoulder of the driver with these massive drag slicks on it i'll, I'll post a few See, videos uh, down south that starlet would have got a twin cam engine on it i for the ra- for rallying yeah yeah well apparently they're drag racing them in the states <laughs> With rotary engines. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, because he said to me about Starlet, and I was like, you guys didn't get those. Like, oh, it did. And I sent him, like, your 90 Starlet. Is it EP92 or whatever? And he was like, no, no, we didn't get those. And then I was like, show me what you got. So it looks like, it looks like a Mark One Honda Civic. It looks a bit like that, the wee tiny rear-wheel drive. On the topic of Starlets, have you ever seen a type of car disappear from the face of the planet, like the Starlets? Oh, them and Saxos as well. You couldn't have uh, went to a town in Northern Ireland without seeing in them? the late 90s, early 2000s without seeing a Starlet Turbo Summer. And now you... Never seen him. Yeah, sure. Big Ginger's yellow one was the first one I had seen in a yeah. long, long time. Yeah. And now he sold it. And Is it I'm a like, Starlet or a Glanza? What's the difference between a Starlet and a Glanza? Technically a Starlet, and I'll probably get called out on this, but technically a Starlet is a 1300 and the Glanza is the import turbo one. Okay. Yeah. Because the Starlets here, we didn't get the turbos. We got the 13SR was the there's fastest a, one. There's a fella from Cumber there knocked about with when I was younger, and he has a Mark One Starlet GT Turbo. Ooh. Yeah. Is that the old, like, the square light ones? Yeah. I like them. I think it's Mark One, maybe Mark Two. I don't know. They're was cool. there one of those at the NIJDM Legends coffee morning? Wasn't there a Starlet there, an old one, a white one? But, oh, the rear-wheel drive one yeah. with the box arches? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of the little rear-wheel drive ones, but I think they're worth a fortune now. Yeah. Yeah, because the rally men just bought them up in droves. So it was like a bit like the escorts. Sure, twin cams are in the 30 grand now. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just imagine in 10 years' time you'll be talking about S200s like that, Connor. I will certainly not. <laughs> Here. You mark my words. Seen one last night or heard one in the car park oh, last God. night. Still never failed to disappoint me, like... The gutless thing. Um, and then lastly, Dennis had sent in a question saying, I can't remember, this, I think it was the one that you were on with Nigel, remotely. It said, um, how soon is it, or how long should you wait when you buy a new vehicle to modify the car? Uh, he says the answer is one month because he's bought an exhaust and an tech for it. And Good I'm man. pretty sure he's got other stuff lined up for it too. So. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in pre-buying before the car. Oh, yeah. If you know you're going to get it, you're on the look for them parts before have it, it arrives. Have it sitting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's like Kevin Black ago. with or, the Jag. Or, didn't he have like oh, right, yeah, he had all, all the, the bits sitting? Tur- or the engine and stuff. stuff and all ready, even or, though he hadn't bought it yet. Or even a step further than that, you see a part for a car that you possibly might want in the future and buy a part for it and stick it on the shelf anyway. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a good bargain at the time. They're not making them anymore, are they? No. That's it. Hard to beat. Um... No more news from you guys? No, that's it. I have a wee call back just oh. um shout out to Robin Barr, who's at the NEC Classic. And was sending me some photos last night. Shout out to everyone except I know, us who's there. There's a few other folk there. Swear to God. It's, I feel like the only people that didn't go this Mark year. Mark King's display was uh, Monte Carlo Cosworth. Oh, yeah, nice. I saw it too. But uh, Robin had sent me a picture including some Mark 1 Jettas, so... Mars Red, Mark one Jettos, yeah. wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> Paul Glennon's over with the Oil Boy as well. He is, yeah. Very good. Yeah. He just last minute booking kind of thing. And I think so, he said it's he so handy to go to because you fly into Birmingham and the way Birmingham NEC and airport is built, it's basically a bit of thought's been put behind it. Yeah, it's just a hub. Yeah, you fly into there. You don't even need to leave the airport if I remember right. You, you walk, just walk to the walk, train. You walk for 10 months. And then the yeah. train straight over to it. Um, that would be simple. 
Like, it's probably the most simple show that Paul Glennon could go to. Yeah. If he could have his passport ready, which he didn't. So he had to get the boat and drive over. Very good. Well done, Paul. (laughs) Classic Paul. Yes, I did like that. And it was all very last minute. So I'm sure he's having a good time while we were sitting here talking shite. He'd definitely not be drinking. Paul would never touch a drink. No, definitely not. He'll have to get the data drive. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it does look good this year it's something i've said for years and years now i keep meaning to go to and then i think it's because of the time of year i'm not really expecting shows this time of year you know what is it november time you mm. sort of think it's all wound down and then suddenly it appears and i go ah that's what i wanted to go to i think isn't ultimate stance or some bullshit on as well it was on the week ago yeah hi hi well I didn't I take the gift of it. I've seen a few bad reports about that. Does I don't have any desire to go to that show, to be honest. Ultimate Stance? No, no. no I've, I, it always looks a bit bare, to be honest with you. You know, I've never really been fussed on it. And now, I hadn't been to Ultimate Dubs in years and went in March this year. And I actually really enjoyed it. And the standard of cars was fantastic. And it was, like, it was well let out. Because that was a gripe we had before where it was like, I, we were calling it Ultimate Trade Stands at one point. Ah, that's right. Um, it definitely wasn't as bad as that, which is good, but I've never had the desire to go to Ultimate Stands. Yeah. This time of year, to me, it's like most of the cars should be off the road at this time of year. You're getting all the work done that you're supposed to be doing when you're not. That's true. So, that's you then? You don't need to do a lot of overwinter work for your checkbook car, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Saucer of milk there, Lee. <laughs> uh, myself, uh, I've started... I haven't really started doing any work in the track car, but um, I've got a buyer for... I've uh, SRS wings in the front of it. That's right, I the fiberglass so wider ones. Filled, he's taking them, so I'm swapping. He has a silver R32, so... That's right. Pulling them off, do a deal of that. Um, left the Q5 up to the Ford's garage, Andy Maxwell, shout out. Got a full service done, health check, need new rear brake pads and wiper blades, stuff like that there. Just general day-to-day type stuff? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just sort of. I'm going through a few things up the yard of parts, so I'll probably be selling a few things in the next couple of weeks. But you want to say emotionally there? I was going to give you. I am going a few things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything I'd be interested in you're selling there? Nah, I don't think just so. Just a magpie before anybody First else does. <laughs> don't think so. And then good news, I had the contractor out uh, assessing the concrete base for the shed. So Excellent. hopefully the concrete will be put down in the next few weeks. Oh, lovely! So once it's down. Two days, I'll put the shed up, wouldn't it? Oh, easily. Maybe a day with yeah. that size, yeah. Like, they've done ours in a day and a half. Mm-hmm. So, you should be fine there. Excellent. That'll be so, fun. excited about that. You don't have to get it wired. Yeah, yeah. It'll be all those things. No, that'll be fun. Be great. It's a it's a good feeling. I remember, like, because I said, it was something that we had wanted to do for a long, long time. And then suddenly when it was done, I remember standing it and going, like, I'm not even excited for this because it doesn't feel real. It took like maybe a few days for it to sink in. I was like, I'm standing in this garage. You know, it was weird. Yeah. Either way, the way it goes up so quickly, it's just like click your fingers, it's there. Yeah, I don't know time lapse of ours going up like, and it was just it was fun to watch. Like just the just the way it comes in and it's all sectional, obviously, which is quite good. Oh, very good. That's it, news for, with us. Uh, we'll move on to some news news. Yeah, go for it. Um, first one then, I have... If you have a few quid, burn a hole in your pocket. Nigel, probably not you. You've been in New York. You no, well definitely milked. not. Uh, very expensive to eat in New York, by the way. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it's very expensive. I find America very expensive this year at all, or overall. Um, but yeah, if you do have a few quid, burn a hole in your pocket and you want to go drag racing. Why then, are you looking at me? I'm looking at you because <laughs> that 
Texas with things for both of you. You can now drag race a Bentley Continental GT. So this is a car that has been around for quite a while. You may have seen it. It was built maybe about 10 years ago, but it's a road legal. Yeah, like 1,000 or 1,200 horsepower or something. No, 3,000 horsepower. 3,000 horsepower, yeah. yeah. It's the one I'm oh, thinking oh, of. Oh, I remember that. It's yeah. a seven-second car. It's the ultimate. You can sleep in your car. You can't race your house. Pretty much, yeah. Of. It frequented Santa Pod. It did indeed, yeah. Um, it's actually road legal, that car, which yeah, I didn't realize. Right. It's his class. Um, loads of carbon fiber bits. 10.2 liter V8 twin turbo. Uh, it costs 300 grand to build. And I see now it's up actually for... What's Is that? that? How many zeros? We're going to how many pounds per horsepower. Pounds per horsepower? A uh, hundred? There you go. That's Quick I mean, it's pretty good. Seems reasonable. Well, it's a seven-second car. I will say that uh, Zach Martin's not far off that. <laughs> Although I don't think his is road legal as a thing. Um, yeah, so it's up for one hundred and fifty grand, which is half the price it was to build the car, and it's actually just got her uh, fifty look pounds over. per horsepower. Yep. Bargain. There you go. <laughs> it's uh, got a check over by the original builder as well, which is pretty good. So it's something I imagine if you want to go drag racing, it's an actual proper competitive car, but it's something a bit different as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, getting parts for it might be quite awkward if you decide to run. Yeah, real the wall. niche market that to get it. Back. Will yeah, some lunatic will buy it. Like but then you know, it's a proven car. It's a proven race car, yeah, and it has this road legal with two seats in it. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. What guy selling that? Is moving on towards, or is he giving up? It's listed on uh, racecarsdirect.com, you know, like sportsdirect.com, yeah. only for your race cars. Um, the only guy they got. Is it UK's number one? <laughs> <laughs> Should I like it might be. <laughs> for direct race car sales, yes. Uh, I did see it listed, and it said he, won exchange, he would take exchanges for um, classic race cars. So we must. So we'll take a Civic Type R as a trade in then. A, a classic indeed. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that could probably God knows what that would cover for those type of things. But I'm sure you'll get some weird, wonderful offers as well. A lot of those things seem to like trade as opposed to doing straight up sales and things yeah. like that. Proper for a PlayStation Two, mate. Aye, D Turbo <laughs> PlayStation. Um, but yeah, it's good to see something like that, just a wee bit different, you yeah. know, and. Being in England, British engineering at its best. That was a big deal at the time. I remember it being the magazines and stuff, and yeah. forums about that, Bentley. Yeah, it's it's something that you don't really expect to see as a drag car. You know, yeah. if you were you had a list of things that were a drag car, because there's such a big heavy thing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my news is basically, you know, those SEMA builds. So oh Christ! Oh, there's been so many. Dave Speed Motorsports unveiled Frankenstein's new monster, a Scooby engine 911. Right, that's a weird so combo. So the tuner dev speed uh, basically transplanted a four-cylinder turbocharger in from a Subaru Impreza STI and a 997 GT3. Dev speed has taken something German and placed its heart with some Japanese, but more on that later. The unification called the 911 GT3 STI. Nice and compact, that name, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So uh, kicked out the 3.6 GT3 engine and put a 2.5 flat four from an 08 STI. There's a good reason for the radical solution builder, Farouk Kujai says. I'll uh, take your word for he that. He bought the GT3 as a rolling shell after it had been crashed and stripped. With this blank canvas, he painted a merry picture. The EJ25 unit was sourced, which is good for 300 brake. And yeah, he just put ping intercooler injectors, nuke performance fuel cell, and 550 brake. 
So yeah, so it's going to be a little slower, you'd imagine, than the original car, and it'll sound a bit different. Yeah. So I, suppose people I don't, I don't know if there's any pictures of it. Same as just an article came up. I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's look it up. It's a really cool looking car. It turned out. Oh, well, it's I got, like the way it's got the livery. Yeah, well. that's pretty cool. So I must post a few pictures of that. Yeah. Did you see the one I shared yesterday on the podcast? There was the S2 Coma. It was the Toyota Tacoma pickup yeah. with yeah. the S2000 drivetrain. It's like, I like a weird and wonderful swap like that. And that falls squarely into like, that where, category. Where, where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah. A, a wonderful mind. But then I'll, I'll talk later on YouTube about stance work and make. Yeah. It's a very cost effective way of getting horsepower. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. you're using something there. Like those 2.5s from the Subarus are a lot cheaper than having to go and buy the Porsche engine. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot more readily available. Well, was it LMLZ? He had his Porsche or something. Or there was somebody in that had a crashed Porsche and they basically run down how much they would get for the engine and stuff. Serious money on oh, breaking a Porsche. Oh, was that when Adam LZ crashed on the, no, I think the, the Dragon? No, I think the insurance just paid out in that. But I don't know if it was him or somebody else, but it was just giving you a breakdown of what you could make if you broke this car. Mm-hmm. So, And the likelihood is those parts will sell because how often do those break? You know, yeah. there's with somebody wanting them. He crashed. Remember... He had a Mustang uh, and it went in fire. Okay. It was a Mustang. I think it was. He bought off uh, Obsessed Detail. Mm-hmm. It was a limited edition. Americans are probably shouting at me, whatever it was anyway. But it had a real special in, or he, he put a crazy horsepower engine on it, but he was selling the original engine out of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying he was looking like 20 or 30 grand for the engine. And did he get it? I think he got it. It, away, it yeah. went, yeah. That's nuts. Then, as you say, like if you're looking at that engine and nobody else has one, yeah. well, there you go. You can name your price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Uh, other stuff at SEMA. Did you see the pink F40? I did. Yes. I, d- I did not. What was this? Just pink. pink. Just, Just a wrap. Yeah. Pink like F40. baby pink. Yeah. It was very silly. Um, did you see the hot rod truck that won Battle of the Builders? No. It was cool. I'll find you a picture later on. Yeah. Um. But my favourite, which wasn't a build, but it was just awesome to see to see the Mark III A59. Yes, well, Paul, <sighs> Paul McGrath was down at it with Tarox brakes, and he'd done a bit of a walk around, sent me a few photos, and he'd sent me photos of the A59 Mark III, which was never to be rally car kind of thing. Um, interesting, we were chatting about it, and I'd noticed before on it too, and he said the same thing. You can see styling cues from it leading into the R32, like yeah. the, the shapes in the front bumper are a lot smaller, but they're kind of the same style as the R32 front bumper, same with the back diffuser and things like that. It's just interesting to see where they went, well, we'll build this R32. Oh, we'll just kind of pull from this and pull from that. It was quite cool. Even mm-hmm. the tailgate, new way of Mark III, the, the number plates on the boot lid. Yeah. On it, it's down in the bumper with like a flushed boot lid with the bads in the middle, the way a, like a Mark IV is. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool to see it out. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few things from Seema. I've seen some Horror. absolute dirt stuff as well. I've seen, I've seen some things. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff you don't want to see again. You don't know, you were there. It's the big stupid <laughs> lifted trucks and, you know, just over-the-top stuff and the, the Bluetooth drive shafts, you know. It's America. Freddy's a space life. Embrace it, Aye. sort of. Has to work, though. Yeah, that's true. That's the worst. Uh, speaking of America, Mini have announced they're bringing back their manual gearbox in the Minis in the US. Right. But not only that, they're launching a manual driving school <laughs> to teach Americans how to drive stick. I'm sorry, America. <laughs> um, 
unlike in the UK, US rules don't require a separate test for yeah. auto versus manual. Um, so it says that this centre has been teaching courses since 99, but the uh, introducing a, a mini specific programme to try and boost sales of the manual mini. Why are they pushing manual in a country that just loves automatic? Yeah, that, that it's weird that it's went away and they've brought it back. Because I know I, I, I get why the auto thing, because in America you drive massive miles on big r- roads. Manual will just be a pain in the backside. Well, Megan from Volkswagen in America, she's been fighting to keep manual in the Golf R's and really had a push for the recent run to remain manual for the option there. How long she can kind of keep that at bay, who knows? But like many had went to automatic and have went to, back to manual. It's kind of odd. Um, there must be a reason behind it. Yeah. They said uh, they had discontinued uh, the manual transmission for a while, but they had blamed it on supply chain issues. So potentially now that they can get supply of whatever parts they need again, they've started building them again. You mean they're actually telling the truth? Well, who knows? Interesting. A manual gearbox from manufacturing is a bit a lot cheaper than an auto. Yeah, you'd imagine so. Probably cheaper to to buy, you mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Odd. I just thought that was a weird story, but... But it is, it's all going to go automatic anyway at some yeah, point. Yeah, at, at some point it becomes a moot point of whether you can drive stick or not, because you won't need to. I um, find it weird the way it's going to be, like, say in 20... Well, 20 years time, yeah. 99.9% of cars are going to be probably EV, and which means automatic. Yeah, the gearbox is gone. So all your learner cars are going to be automatics. So where does that stand, as you say, Lee, in the UK, and I assume in the South as well, you have to do a separate test. You know, if you Manual or automatic. Yeah, yeah, if you do an automatic for your test, then you have to do manual or whatever. I wonder where that'll be. Yeah. They'll have to rewrite that, I'm sure. Yeah. Just on the topic of uh, electric cars and all the rest, I was listening to Shane Todd, comedian podcast a while ago, uh-huh. and Tesla, Northern Ireland, uh, they were given, they give, they were given all the influencers or whatever you oh, call them, yeah, and they give him a Tesla for a week, and he was talking to one of his guests, and he was saying, "I, uh, do the way they have the self drive feature." Okay, he says, "I used that there, but I was talking to the salesman after, and uh, apparently it's only for motorway." Apparently he was using it down back roads and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's lucky he didn't go right over the head. Yeah. I like it. I noticed we as Northern Ireland's top influencers didn't get offered a Tesla. I wonder that because we talk shit about them so much. Disappointing. <laughs> but nothing to do with the fact that we're not top influencers. Excuse you. That's just not true. Well, I suppose you do Lego we're sales trending, well. I don't know if you've seen it today, Shared. No. We're trending in the Singapore podcast chart. We're at the height of number 159. I like it. Got oh. this email. You're, you're position 159 in Singapore. I want to know who's listening to this in Singapore. Most of or, Singapore. Or could it be, uh, what do you call it, a VPN rereader? I would say it's more Somebody's likely Somebody's using that, that mm. and it's bouncing off Singapore. Here, shout hey, out to Chris. Singapore. <laughs> I like it. It's weird. Uh, another one I have then, I think the three of us possibly have this, is uh, Porsche have announced the 911 Dakar is yes. going to be made. So the day that this comes out, which will be this Wednesday coming, they're going to reveal the car at the LA Auto Show. So it's a tribute to our Porsche's victory in the 911 in 1984 Paris Dakar Rally, which you'll likely. Yes, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen back to insert episode number here, <laughs> uh, where I did a deep dive into the Dakar Rally. Yeah, so they've actually they've done a lot of testing. I thought this was going to be a gimmicky thing where they kind of 
throw a set of kind of off-road-ish looking tires, tires and, you yeah. know. Um, apparently they've tested this thing for uh, 310,000 miles. They've tested it in snow. They've tested it in sand. They've tested it in yeah, off- I read that. It said tested for over 300,000 well. kilometers, of which at least 10,000 kilometers were off-road. And I was like, well, that's shit. Uh, that's pretty pointless. <laughs> uh, well, they had Walter Roll was drowned it on ice lakes in Sweden. And Roman Dumas was had it in Dubai. And I think they've... They have no real spec set on it yet, but from they sent two, well, well, apparently they sent two of them up a volcano in Chile recently there, and they're kind of pulling the spec from those, speculating what it's going to be. Um, so they went up the like modified ABS, mm. obviously for loose terrain stuff like that, short ratio gearboxes, off road tires. They're raised up so they're like three hundred and fifty mil ground clearance. Something about ABS. No. Yeah, the ABS was adapted so. It, you know, usually they would kick in on ice uh-huh. and things like that, so it wasn't as sensitive. Uh, roll cage, cooling modifications and stuff. So it seemed to be... I like the press pictures where it's like murdered out black. Is this the one with the sand kicking up? Yeah, or the, yeah, yeah. I like that as well. Um, it, I'm not a big Porsche person, as I've said many times in this, but I think that's cool that if they do do it properly, it'll be cool to see them push something it's like that. Market, great marketing exercise. Oh, 100%. Also goes back to... Do you remember the fallout that they had with Singer? Yes, over there, take off road type thing, and they they wanted Singer to take the Porsche logos off it and things like that. So that's obviously where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird though, because like Singer obviously are doing the old, like the what is it, nine six four body style. This is not. This is the new one. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, be interesting to see what price they're going to put in that. Yeah, um, apparently there's no pricing as yet, is there? No pricing yet. No spec yet. Um, they're guessing it's going to be the flat six from the Carrera 4S, which is like 450 horsepower kind of thing. Um, presumably four-wheel drive. You would imagine an off-road car. Yeah. But have you used anything to add to that spec-wise or anything you've seen about it? It's no. just kind of been touted. No, yeah. the, the, the articles they are, there's just a lot of quotes and stuff so yeah, far, I can see. Yeah, pretty much. But I think the main bones of it's going to come out, we can talk about it in the next one, is what's going to be shown at the LA yeah. Auto Show. Just another quick one from me. Um, Audi EV are now going to use their uh, cars as a air cleanser. Uh, they're working on a pilot project for an innovative air filtration system. So uh, they've basically fitted. It's in conjunction with. It's a pilot project with part supplier Man and Hummel. Two companies are designing a new particulate filter for electric cars that collects particulate matter from the environment. The filter works similarly to stationary air filtration systems for houses. Though being installed in the front of the car means they can collect the particulates generated by that same car. The project launched in 2020. It will run to 2024. And then the results will be evaluated. So not only can your car sound like a vacuum cleaner. It can be a, it vacuum. Can be a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I just... I despair. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, do you want to have a little rant about the adverts that we saw last night? Yeah, well, it kind of ties in with that. So we were in the cinema last night, and all the adverts now for cars in the cinema are EVs. Yeah, and was it one of the Audi ones we were watching? It was an Audi one, and I can't remember the other one. But they just have all these fucking bullshit quotes that don't mean anything, and like, it's like perfume ads. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. You just have to have something. Um, like what was it? 
Oh, there was actually a quote on the RD one the that said always, something. That literally the day's always darker didn't at night. even make sense. <laughs> like it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't good English, or you know, it wasn't. But they said something like, "There's nothing as exhilarating as a traffic jam," and I was like, "Oh my god!" If I was in a traffic jam in a car that I wanted to go fast in, I would literally kill myself. Somebody should it was, edit that in TikTok and cut to somebody going absolutely mental sitting in traffic. There's one. Yep, probably should do that because <laughs> they were talking about oh the sound's gone away, blah blah blah. But you can the roar of your heart doesn't change. It's <laughs> just absolute shite. But it was oh, what's the tagline? It's like the loudest silence or something. Or oh, like silence has never been louder or something, something like, that. like that. Oh my god, I was just Makes no with sense. my head, my hands yeah. going. This is what. <laughs> What's actually is a bit of a callback to Borley tagged us two or three days ago in a thing on Instagram. The old car adverts. The old adverts used to get. Back when they were actually awesome. You know, and it's like the Porsche one where it's like the fastest you can go without eating airplane food. and The 205 GTI advert from the 80s. Yeah. Driving through a burning barley field. Yeah. Like th- those those yeah. were cool adverts. <laughs> yeah. And now you just can't do anything. And this is not the car, car is now seen as a mode of transport. Yeah. Nothing more. It's white goods. Nothing less. And wash machines and wheels. It's like we're kind of ranting about this and we it's no secret how we feel generally about EVs and things like this. But it was just that advert last night that it just didn't make sense. It was just words. Yeah. It was, do you remember when Nissan, did, was it Nissan did the advert where they combined the two words together? So like they took the ha- first half of the one word and the second half of... Linkativity. Linkativity. <laughs> and it, this was funny. This is this. No, it's like in um, How Met Your Mother where Barney and Robin are doing the... Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just like making up words. Blue, it's sky, like, blue sky thinking. You're, well, we're all trying to have this and work. The, the corporate buzzwords <laughs> and phrases you get. Yeah, this yeah, is exactly, yeah. it's just made it into this advert. Um, favorite word our management uses, cascade the information. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's some rare terms come out all right. One of them. And then when somebody screwed up, the email always ends with, lessons will be learned. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best things will Audi need to learn some lessons Audi done an advert there recently it's last three or four years anyway and it was the R8 on the dyno and it's like running like a top speed on the dyno and just kind of like it just the camera kind of just like zooms out from the engine bay and you just see it running and you just hear the sound of it and the Nothing really special about it, but just the sound of the V10 going. It's visceral, it's emotive. And that's what cars are about yeah. for us. Well, I know a lot of people don't like him, but Shmi was in an interview there. I've seen a, it's a very short clip of him explaining why EVs will never be the same as a proper petal car. No, they're a totally different thing, yeah. The, you know, he's talking about the torque vector, and he says, oh, it's all very impressive, but that connection to the car, the noise... The, you know, well, when you get people complaining that drive by wire doesn't seem to feel the same as drive by cable, you know, and they're pretty much the same engine except how your foot is connected to it. Yeah, how you know the EV thing is totally removed from that again. So I can sort fully see that argument. Yeah. Okay, like I get it. Like it's it's a means that they're pushing towards. Um, at what cost? You could go into the discussion, but oh, yeah. we've won it many times. Well, here on, on, on the back of that, VW plans to introduce 10 new EVs by 2026, so smile, folks. Awesome. Well, probably yes, right? <laughs> uh, not to labour on the point, and this is a bit more lighthearted. When do you think, honestly, how many years do you think it'll be before you're driving an EV? And I don't know you could go, well, I'll never drive one, you know. What do you reckon? I think what will happen in the next decade is the government will tax 
regulate in such a way that you will be forced into one. Well, there is that possibility. I, the government, look what they've done this two years ago, lockdown. Aye. Uh, well, the way I <laughs> the look The government it, can push you in any direction they want, they if want. They want to. Because I, the likes of my Bora is 20 year old and I do tend to daily drive cars that are 20 years behind. Yeah. So I could kind of say, well, I could be that in 20 years, but then if it goes the way you're saying, you won't have that option. Well, it's already started in, in England. The, what do you call oh, that zone? Uh, the... Congestion I have a term for it. I know the one you mean Edinburgh in London. has it. It basically means if you have a certain car, you can't live. Or you, you can't live in that area in with city? a certain car. I don't think they'll get us out in the country, though. We'll be all right. No, we'll be right here. <laughs> Belfast. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't live in Belfast. Yeah. You're okay. Oh, just wait. Just wait in the band. There. Just wait in the band. <laughs> oh, no. There's a wait. Where, what are we, over 30 miles from Belfast? The only way they're going to get me out of my diesel is the fact that. As we said on the way up here, diesel is now dearer than super unleaded. Yeah. Like, what? I put 99 in the Bora yesterday. I got 99 in Cumber now. Yes, I've seen that. Very good. The solo guards. Solo guards is now... I, I just drove up one day. I was uh, filling the Q5 and I just went, what? Yep. Why is it? Why is it selling 99 in Cumber? Bring the GTI back down. Yeah, I filled it the other week. I like it. Yeah, it was the guy that started that. I think it was the guy in Lock Brickland with a solo... Uh, with the GTR, he had started doing that, yeah. and now it's, I think, Banger Solo have 99, and now Fantastic. Comber as well. It's good to see. Is it because they've all gone to E10? I would suspect that's probably why. Well, you, you need an alternative. Well, you could still get 97. Ordinary Super, Super yeah. Yeah, so I think the guy just wanted 99. If they're I, bringing in for one, why not the rest? I always have my trust in BP Ultimate, like, you know. Oh, so. yeah, that's usually what I would run, but, I, like, there's no call for me to run on the Bora, but my theory on it is... Fuel quality is usually absolute dirt. So if I'm putting 97 in, I'm bound to be getting at least 90, 95, you yeah. know, and it just keeps things right. Absolutely. Like I don't expect any extra performance for it because obviously you would need to be mapped for it, but I just like to run decent fuel. I'm just thinking in my head how we got to this conversation about 90 fuel after talking about EV cars. <laughs> We're trying to cleanse the palate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's me for well, news. Well, I have a palate cleanser else. if ever there was one, although it's slightly sad news, but it's still... Um, in the right vein, which is all about the Dodge. We've talked about it a few times. They were discontinuing all the big engine Dodges, but they were doing like a run of special, special last hurrah ones. Sadly, however, some of them have been slightly delayed in their release because the engines keep exploding. Ah, so what you're saying is Dodge have found their limit? <laughs> Quite too, too possibly. Much, too much freedom in that engine. Yep. <laughs> um, But... I can't find the article now. Anyway, you can look it up. But, you know, exploding dinosaurs are the way forward, even if they explode a little bit too much sometimes. Exploding engines are not the way forward. <laughs> I'm very excited about synthetic fuel. I hope they do it. Yeah. The only thing is, will it be the cost for it? Yeah. But we'll see. Oh, I forgot to say, a friend pointed out in work there the other day, they're rolling out a tax on EV cars shortly. Well, so we always knew that was going to happen. They've done the same with, uh, what was it? And there's going to be a tire tax, apparently. A Tire tax? Mm-hmm. Carbon Once footprint the fuel of tax tires. goes away, how yeah. else are they going to well, get money? True. Well, there's a £7 billion annual hole that needs filled. Yeah. Well, you see, this was the same thing when the push, do you remember like 20 years ago, the push everyone towards diesel and diesel was dirt cheap. Yeah. And then suddenly diesel became more expensive, yeah. even though it's cheaper to produce than petrol. That, that 99 I was buying was 164. Aye. I, I bought it last night at one 169 and we came up here today and diesel was 174. I was like, huh. Oh. Yeah, Diesel's one eighty five. What was it? That's what uh, the solos back to one eighty four again. Mm-hmm. 
No, it doesn't. You, you just don't mention the fact that the Bora does like half the miles per gallon what a diesel does. Absolutely not. I'll take my win and go home. <laughs> Smiles per gallon. Any other news? I yep. have one more just yep. that I wanted to talk about. Go for it. It's a, probably a wee bit out of date by now because I think it had just kind of happened after we recorded the last podcast. But did any of you see the NASCAR driver doing the wall? Yes. Oh, the Riding finish. the wall. That was for pure Talladega nights. Did you see what he said in the interview afterwards? Like they asked him where he got the idea for it. GameCube. He played uh, NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube and he did it. Now, the scary part was he said he knew there was We're a definitely certain... definitely living in the Matrix. There was a, a certain cer- bit where there's a gate and yeah, he was like just gate. hoping. Because <laughs> he knew if he, hit, if he caught the edge of the service gate, he would spin out into the rest of the cars and probably die. But, you know, freedom. Um, he just basically wall rode right around. And I did laugh because you can see he actually would have gained another place when he, someone seen what he was doing and, and just closed over. the gap. Yeah. And, just, and he just nudged up against him and he got him in fifth so, place. Someone clipped that on Instagram or something. That was basically a bit out of Days of Thunder. I seen that, yeah. There's room around the outside. Don't, <laughs> Harry, you never told me to go in turn four. It's very outside. good. Um, but yeah, it was mad. To see it was how class. I, about I love it. Um, I've read a few things, obviously they've been talking about it ever since, and Alonso had like shared it and stuff and said this guy's a legend basically, <laughs> and um, they had a, I read an article with a physicist explaining why that made him faster, which was really interesting. I would have assumed it was only just because the rest of the crowd were on the inside of the corner and like bunching up, you know, couldn't get past each other. They have to slow down. For the corner? For the corner to steer. Yeah. But when you're on the wall, the wall does the steering for you. Yeah, because he didn't. I if I remember right, it's he wasn't touching. Force. He wasn't touching the wheel. It was just the wall was around. steering him. So they they broke it down. She she started off this business by explaining, um, if you're swinging a ball on a string, the thing that's making it go in a circle is the string. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine the force that you need to turn a car on four small patches of rubber, essentially is a lot greater than if you had a string or something that guiding was it. guiding it. Um, so that's why he was able to stay, and he was in, he was able to stay in top gear while the rest of them had come down a gear for Fourth going around the corner. So he was going flat out in fifth while they were in fourth and like slowing down, turning, and he was just flying around the outside. That's mad. I'm but it depends on the track. So they've had a lot of analysis and stuff of how wide the track is what length the track is the length of the corners and stuff in the record it's only possible at certain tracks shorter tracks be this being one of them because they were all saying like oh what if everybody tries to do this next week at phoenix or wherever the next race is and they said no because phoenix is much longer wider track it wouldn't work i wonder is it to do with the length of the wall slowing you down as well you know yeah for so long on it I was just about to say I'm excited to see the crashes that follow because people are trying to emulate this. this. Well, I'm sure the team weren't too impressed with the, the damage done. The team were loving done, it. But I mean, the damage done to the car. Well, did you <sighs> see the car? Yeah, it, it wasn't badly it. damaged. Like, it wasn't wrecked. It was... Was it Robin's racing? Oh, well, uh, it was definitely Robin, I'll tell you that. They also said in some of the things that I read, you know, it was only because he's in the new generation of car that he was even able to do that because... Okay. So the way some of the setups of the suspension and the bodywork are in the older cars, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to the fact that it was a video game move that worked in real life and it was class. Some pod racer shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was mad to see that. I actually had forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. YouTube? That's us. That's us. Yeah. Uh, a few YouTubes. Um, first one I watched recently was FCP Euro. They had 
the see the A five nine, the Mark three A five nine has been over in America. Yeah. Doing its rounds. I think it was at SEMA, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been over in America for a month or two now. And yeah. Uh it was a video with EC or FCP Euro and they had Jamie Orr. I think he's sort of looking after it while it's over I here. I think so I. Or something like that. So if you look up if you Google A five nine if you don't know what it's about, it's basically Volkswagen's rally program uh, was after the Mark II rally didn't really do the job so then they moved on to the Mark III and they were basically driving around Lime Rock racetrack so the A59 there's a whole lot of spec you can look up on it it's a 2 litre turbo wide track 275 brake in inverted commas it's the grandfather to the R32 essentially yeah uh, synchro four wheel drive a lot of carbon Kevlar very special car Jamie said it was one of one it's not. It's not. It's, it's it's one of five. Yes, but they're not all complete cars. That's There's the thing. One, the, the fifth one is basically a wind tunnel mm-hmm. one. Some uh, of them don't have engines and things like that. Because when well. I was watching it, there was comments below and Chris Eyre, who he, actually who knows motorsport Volkswagen inside. Oh, he is Mister. He basically Volkswagen. started chatting about it, and he has a link on it. So if you look it up and you look for Chris Eyre, Chris Eyre will school you on all things. 80s and 90s motorsport. That's quite a good video. Um, the other one is Hoonigan Bonus. they done a vlog with Brian and Vinny uh, going to Lufkult 8. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm so if you don't know what Lufkult is, it's Lufkult 8, or Lufkult show is. It's an air-cooled Porsche show um, run by hardcore air-cooled guys. And they've been running for a good few years now. And the best thing about it is the top air-cooled US cars in this in really unique locations. I was going to say, I think that show moves around a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's been in various locations, super cool. Uh, good video, looking around a few really cool Porsches. The last YouTube I have is Stein, Steinworks, Stanceworks, Mike. Yes. He finally released yesterday the finished video, well, well sort of finished. Quotation marks there, yeah. Of the, is it 244 GTK? Yeah, so he's called Ferrari. the... Uh, 244 GTK, okay. which is a play on Ferrari's yeah. 308, which is 3 litre V8. Yeah, he's the 2.4 four cylinder. Yeah, uh, so he's basically he was finishing the time for SEMA, so it's quite a long video basically summarizing. And he fully admits he's not near finished because he has to dyno it, he's going to paint it, a few you know, different things needing done, and then he's going to track it and all. But it was like a summary just before he went to SEMA. So it's great to see. He was saying it was 700 days since he started. Yeah, that's but then, and the, the best thing about it is that project uh, series of videos is he's super detailed i enjoy the detail that goes yeah. into it and shows you what he's doing why he does it and to walk past that car sema there will be people walk by and go why do you white arts that aye and look at the stupid wing watch the videos do you see the attention the detail of that car it is insane everything in that car is done for a reason yeah. which is good yeah um yeah absolutely fantastic very purest nightmare oh you want to see <laughs> i not i drop into the ferrari chat forum on occasion just to read the slobber on it like and it's <laughs> yeah. it's pathetic it's just pathetic is the only way to really describe it yeah um yeah it was a good video to see that kind of caught up on because he did say that he had kind of like he had planned to finish it you know on the series mm-hmm. but because SEMA was coming up he really just he cut back on the videos and really went to town on it kind of thing and then but he did say like this isn't the end of it because they still have to do all the setup and got to paint the car and there's a lot more to come which pretty cool but yeah. as you said like 700 days that's what it takes to build a car you know people think 
you put something together in a few weekends. And, and the best bit is, if you follow the Stance Work channel, he's doing other things as well. Oh, yeah. Aye. And hold-ups with COVID. You know, yeah. It wasn't exactly smooth sailing with it either. Can I use YouTube? Yes, I have YouTube. So I talked a while back, a few weeks ago there, about um, Retropower had built the Gordon Murray Mark II Escort that Johnny Smith had on. Mark One. Mark One. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was. I had went on a deep dive in their YouTube series. So they have been doing YouTube for a few years now. They do a weekly update on all the projects they're working on. They do like in-depth ones in certain cars. And you've probably seen me watching it. Like, yeah. It's so good. The guys that run the place, very down-to-earth, laid back, know what they're talking about. And they do like small series on like blasting cars, you know, what the process goes through from blasting to priming and things like that. So Retro Power aren't a massive company, sure they're not? No, they do a lot of stuff, but they're not, like, at a guess, they might have less than 20 people working for them, yeah. you know, and it looks to be busy, busy, busy. They had a Mustang, remember, Lee, on the, the body jig at one point, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, basically from the B pillars back was missing, there was nothing there, and they're just rebuilding <laughs> the whole cars, like, that's, that's skill, like, that's a proper, yeah. like, craftsmanship. Um, so at that, uh, DB Daily's dropped a video, one of their members has a blow-by Subaru, and basically talking about what it's like to own a modern classic, you know, I know it's a mid-2000s car, but those cars, especially the Subarus, do get a bit agey, mm. and up on the ramp, how to protect them, you know, what you're doing coming into winter and stuff like that, it was a very, very interesting video, like, using good products and why you're using it and what to do. Uh, this one then was spent, sent in by No Poke No Love. Mark had sent me it. It was uh, so the video is by Resto Mod Air, and they had KC used to be on the painter for Gas Monkey. Yep. Interview with him maybe ten or twelve minutes talking about how he came about, how you get into Gas Monkey, kind of what happened. Reading between the lines, he didn't leave on great terms mm. and didn't name anyone, you know, said who he kept in touch with, but it was just a case of, I'm done with this kind of thing. Um, and then opening his own shop and then having to scale it back and stuff. But I really like him. He's very down to earth, does very good work, some interesting projects. So it was actually good to see a different sort of interview with that. Um, I had the Stance Works one. I think that's me for video then for YouTube. Just in general, uh, drift games in America at the minute. Seen that? Yep. Uh, they're in with Jimmy Oaks at. Um, they're doing drift week. Yep. What did they go over for first of all? They went over for something for a week, and they took Neil from Juice Box over. I don't know what they were doing there specifically, but they were in Jimmy Oaks's videos as well. They were doing. They were over for something first of all. Can't even remember, but they're doing the drift week basically. So they're dropping video every couple of days. Is now. it in Texas? I think isn't it? Ah, well, it's the southern states. They're sort of moving across. Oh, very good. So. Shout out the Drift Games. Um, before we move on then, we'll talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Detail. Absolutely. Studio 10 have a bit of an announcement. So they're running a Black Friday deal on their Foundation Pro course. So from the 23rd of November to the 30th of November, Foundation Pro is available to you for the price of 199 So there's 20% off that. If you'd like to learn, train, improve, and master your detailing skills, Foundation Pro gives you lifetime access to courses and videos 24-7 so you can learn at your own pace. That's a great recourse. Uh, lots of wee tips and stuff like that. And then you can always uh, contact Robin for any advice if you're having any problems. Or That's it. Yeah, you're learning from someone who has a decade or more of yeah. detailing experience and knowledge. And mm-hmm. Good advice. Say you're going to do something and you're not quite sure, you know, he can... 
guide you that way. So if you want to jump onto that offer, head over to studio10car.care forward slash foundation pro and tell them that we at Relo Podcast have sent you. Absolutely. Another thing as well is they also offer gift cards. So coming up to Christmas, you want to get something a little bit special perfect. for someone. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I think we talked about before was it's actually a good way to save up to get detailing done yourself. Yeah. So you can buy yourself a gift card, tuck it away, and then you don't spend the money kind of thing yeah. and keep doing that. So just two little offers there from Studio 10. Okay, so we'll move on to our questions as usual. Yes, sounds good. I'll just grab them here. So we had asked for usual questions and what people are up to and any winter projects and stuff happening. So we'll start off. Grant Gillen says, seeing all the SEMA content, really want to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to go over some year. Is SEMA funny in that you can only go if you're in the trade? trade? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a trade expo. So to get tickets, you need to have like... Links to a trader that's yeah. trading or something. Trade. In fact, I was going to say, you actually might be able to do that through GTNI. Huh. Never actually thought of that, yeah. Um... Yeah, if you need something like other media passes and things you got to, and you have to send proof of media. I was actually talking to Patrick McCullough, and he was saying about it, so he can get new through Autolife or yeah. some things I got. No poke, no love. Mark says, how's the winter in Northern Ireland? Here in Canada, it's brutal. We have a lovely thing called the Gulf Stream, so it's actually quite mild. Yeah, we wet, but wet. Yeah. yeah. Or in the teens, Celsius. What's that Fahrenheit? For well, he's Celsius as well in Canada, believe it or oh, not. Is yeah. that right? They still mm. imperial? Proper. Imperial? No, I'm not sure. Metric. They do use kilometers. Somewhere. They use kilometers, but they use Celsius. Oh, that's like a proper. Also a halfway house, they yeah. Um, yeah, it's generally mild here. Like, yeah, uh, we don't get a winter get of February now. An inch or two of snow occasionally, and the whole country goes to hell because nobody can deal with it. Well, I think Mark's in Alberta, which is where Dennis is, and Dennis has been sending me pictures of snow for about two weeks now. Yeah, proper snow. Yeah. So God love you over there. He also says, main focus this winter for me is brakes and potentially a new intake manifold design. So he's building a caddy Ooh. with a, I think it's a 20 valve in it. Sweet. Mark's an aluminium welder and fantastic fabricator. So you see some nice stuff happening there. Gobsheen now says, what feature from a cartoon slash film car should be on all cars? Rocket boosters, smoke screens, etc. I think I've mentioned this before, but rockets for when you're in the fast lane and Somebody won't pull in. Nigel for yeah, president. Absolutely. Yep. Or an ejector seat would be cool. Also good. Your passenger should be in a dickhead. Just ejector seat because. Well, yep. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like in uh, what do you call the wacky races, where like Dex Astrid's car can like raise itself up to go over, over obstacles and stuff. For fast. I thought it was like, all right. It's pretty much <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of something. Probably rockets for you in the M50. I mean, the flux capacitor would be pretty good too. It would, yeah. Uh, time travel would be quite nice. <laughs> With another one then, Jack Lamont won. Any relation, Nigel? I think I might know him. <laughs> he says, what are the chances of Nigel getting his favourite son insured on the golf? <laughs> I would say slim to none. This has been an ongoing request for the past six months. Oh, this, Yeah, they, we were this, here over somewhere. He was giving me updates on how much it would be to put him on the Q5. Hmm. Nah, you don't want the Q5, Jack. You want you want the edition thirty. Now I will say he didn't mention which golf, so you could insure him on the one point three liter Mark One. Mm. Although it's probably as expensive to insure that as it is to insure the edition thirty, but some roundabout way. Uh, Jack could also his insurance is coming up in February here, so we could go fully comprehensive with third party cover. Is he 
But I think you don't get that to 21, do you? I can't remember. It depends on the insurer. But I, he has one year of no claims coming up. Yeah. His insurance will drop fairly quickly there. I don't think it's good as it used to be. Oh, is it not? No. I remember my insurance halved in the first year. Mm. I went from like £2,200 to a grand or something like that, or else two grand to £1,200. It was a significant drop anyway. Jack, hopefully it is. Nigel, hopefully Thought, it is. Thoughts and prayers, Jack. <laughs> yes, T's and P's, mate. Um, cool.air.auto. Yes, Lee, See, you're correct. Told you. Noah says, enjoying the podcast as always. Any shows you guys are really looking forward to next year? I can guess what you are going to say. Alpine well, we Diver. <laughs> Why am I so buzzy today? Um, we uh, haven't booked anything yet. No, we, we had talked about doing Eurotripper in February. And then... When the I'm, hurricane went through, Fort well, Myers is like... There's nothing left gone. of Fort Myers. To the point where I don't... Like, I would message Paul on and off. And I haven't even messaged him to say, yeah. are you doing this? Because yeah. it feels a bit, you know, weird. Um, Too soon. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything from Paul with an update or anything. Hopefully he does. That and I'm absolutely flat broke at the minute, trying to recover from doing guard shit. Mm. Lily's looking at me in disgust because she's rich. Um, <laughs> looking down on the poor's here. Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yep. With the money gone out. You need to up my allowance, Lee. Yeah, yeah prob- we haven't booked anything for the States yet, but we have a couple that we're considering. Yeah. What about you? Well, my good friend Robin bought me, well... Bought us tickets to Goodwood Festival of Speed for next year. Very nice. Oh, That'll be good. Yeah. He just messaged me and went, I bought these, we're going. Class. <laughs> oh. Hey, come about that. Brilliant. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Do you know what actually I'm really looking forward to this year? Uh, MLBW. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I had an absolute ball last year and it was great crack. Yeah. I think the alcohol had something maybe to do with that as well. The fine, fine Guinness was always oh, a bonus. Oh, so good. Maybe that, yeah, that's probably the illegal taxi driver. Illegal taxis, yeah, giving your car to a randomer. Yeah, it's all, all part and parcel of a great I'm show. I'm hoping to get to go to some of the ones that we missed this year. Yeah, so like old school, new school, and Vaggie and stuff that we didn't get to this time around. I'd like to go to them. Yeah, because of COVID, you've a couple of years out of them. DB dailies and stuff. Yeah, aye, and it's earlier this year too. Yeah, um, it's April, isn't it? It's the end of April. Yeah, so. EF underscore Pierce, what's your fast driving song? A song that makes you want to drop to and give her the shoe. That sounds like a Derek Ryan line. I have a list. Long so, list. Song to Blur. That's a that good one. That is a good one. So you and I, Nigel, have a very different musical tastes. And I have a bit of a list. I was sort of going through with mine. And then I was like, what's Nigel got? Because I was curious to see what you would have. Um... Mine jumps. I have a playlist of like 300 songs. I was just looking through and thinking, am I talking to the mic? Sorry. Yep. Um, about various songs. Like It just depends what mood you're in. Rhyme off a few there. Well, there's Tiesto, Traffic. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't believe that wasn't on ours. Although I did have Diplo and Tiesto come on. Yeah. Lethal Industry, Tiesto. Yep. Yeah. Here's, mm. So when I was thinking about this question, I was like, it has to be a song that's just a banger from start to finish. Can't be doing with any of this build up before the drop. You Ain't know, nobody got time for that. Any exactly. breakdowns in the middle. Don't want any of that. It has to be just on it. Just full banger. From the start. To finish. So a few that I had was Through the Fire and Flames, Dragon Force. Yeah. So any Guitar Hero people will know that one because it is seven minutes of frantic guitar and 
It's excellent. Metallica all nightmare long. We were listening to you coming up the road. Yeah, basically the whole Death Magnetic album, you could really say. Um, what else? We anything by Pendulum. Anything Pendulum. Pendulum, very good. But especially Self versus Self, which is Pendulum featuring In Flames. Uh, pretty much anything by Motorhead. I did have yep. Overkill written down, but um, I like Song Two. That's Song Two by Blur, or going back to my nineties youth. Two songs by a very good band, Prodigy. No good start to dance or yes. smack my bitch up. Oh, both. I had the All. Prodigy uh, voodoo people, but the Pendulum, Pendulum remix. remix. Um, anything off the whole Prodigy Invaders Must Die album, basically. Nickelback Animals. Oh, yes. Rob Zombie, um, Tulane Blacktop, or... Uh, Dragula, or Reload. Yeah. The whole... Night. Kill Switch. The Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. Yeah, it's like that. Because it's got Rob Zombie, it's got all the instrumentals, the, the Matrix music, which is class anyway, um, but it's also full of Rage Against the Machine and stuff, so it, the whole album is just brilliant. Ultra Beat Elysium, which is cheesy pop dance, and it is absolutely brilliant. Go Connor. Yeah. yeah. Most Scooter will get you there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there's so much. The, I think, that, but for me, the ultimate, ultimate go-to of driving fast, um, start to finish, is go with the flow. Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, because oh, uh, it just stuff. starts off with that piano. Kind of like a bit of Queens of the Stone Age. Though. Yeah, or Black Keys. Yes. Yeah. Black Keys yeah. are very good. Um. Yeah, that's definitely a talking point there. Yeah. Uh, Andy Hawthorne says Winter Project equals McLaren Solus GT chassis manufacturing starting first delivery February. So anybody's been working we hard. We live over. in different worlds, really, don't we? We do. <laughs> Hopefully, this isn't coming through the 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 clipping there and the the mics, but if it is, folks, sorry. Um, but yes, very different worlds. Andy works on some nice projects, which is great to see. Um, Ian K, I have a question, but I'm not sure if I'd ask it yet. I wonder if there's anything to do with the delivery of a Max Verstappen cutout. <laughs> um, kudos, Ian. Kudos. Very well played, sir. Glennon1275. Paul says, have the Mini Roadworthy by next year. VR6 rebuilt and start into one of the many other projects. Paul's a bit like ourselves. He's a lot of stuff. That's ambitious. The Mini? The Mini's... To get all of those done? Well, the mini's nearly there. Oh, is that? I think it just needs tuning now, to be honest, from watching his YouTube channels. I I don't know how Paul finds the time. Neither do I. It's mental. No, I, we, like, he rang me, he was on the phone for about an hour, maybe two hours during the week, and we're talking to that, and I said to him, I was like, you've kids, you've multiple kids, you know. He's like four kids under four. Yeah. Paul's been busy. That's it. He clearly wasn't working at cars before, I'll tell you that. Um... Jack underscore slow up. Connor, what is your favourite Darn Styles song? Who is Darren Styles? Some cheesy dance. Do you not remember DJ like Styles and Breeze and It's like a hardcore? No. no like Yeah. Just commercial dance. dance kind of. I like uh, disco lights. There you go, Jack. I I like that one. <laughs> um he says also need a driving songs update from everyone. There's a bit of a driving well, song we just we had. Got you yeah. on there. Uh, Soul of the Road, Winter Projects, Valve Work, a uh, time built on the M30, downsize from 17 to 16 inch wheels for, then it goes dot dot dot, which I assume is Kia Soul. Um, Ryan Codlip, 
it's too hard to resist Black Friday sales. I do agree, Ryan. Mark V remap and Miltech accidentally happened. You'd practically be losing money if you didn't buy it. I think that Mark V is his daily too, but that'll be cool with the Miltech and the map on it. I think a stage one map and a KO3, was it 40 break, something like that? So, what are you up to about 240 horsepower then? Yeah. That's nice. That's just nice for a daily, just really. No, I think I might take it 250, 260. I'll be I suppose Ben's who's doing it. I think he got a Revo map. Yeah, should be in around that. Uh, Kane Don, is it possible to paint an engine bay without removing the engine? Uh, asking before I make a mess out of things. Technically, yes. I've seen it done. We did it in the Vento. Well, we did actually. Yeah. Um, it depends. Depends how good of a job you want. Depends what level you want. Yeah, yeah. like on if modern cars. I've seen probably. color changes on a Mark V done. I won't name the car, but. Um, and if you lifted the bonnet, you couldn't tell because all the sound in was peeled back and spread in behind and then run back up. So anywhere you could actually see or went hoking is this is the new color kind of thing. On something older, it might be more difficult because it's everything's more exposed, but then it might be easier to spray at it. Um, depending on how hard it is to pull the engine out, I would just whip the engine out and go for it. Depends how many incidentals you have around the engine as well yeah that's true most of our cars don't really have very many which you know in theory should make it easier but um some good news from juniors restorations the volkswagen caddy forum is back online i do like a good forum wealth of uh, knowledge actually just on that point as well shout out to dog pizza he has started a new mark one page on facebook so I think he was having problems with the Burn All the Mark 1's page, which has just, I think the guy who started that page doesn't do anything with it now, and it's just a shit show for adverts and stuff. Oh, and right, okay. So he now has compiled, like, he's all these pinned posts, like, where you buy your Mark 1 parts all around the world, and who does what, and reputable sellers. Then he has, like, a list of, like, media creators for, like, Mark 1 projects on YouTube. He has podcasts and stuff on it, which we got listed on, which is pretty cool. Great resource. Um, yeah, just a, he's trying to build a good resource for Mark 1 stuff, yeah. which is good. And, What's the name of the page? Uh, the Rabbit Hole. That mm-hmm. would be good to say, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to Mike. So, oh, Ryan Codlip again. Also, chameleon tint windscreens should be killed with fire. Agreed. I agree. 100%. They're awful. Uh, Fogel underscore O'Reilly 26. Put the car away into hiding um, and trying to find a Mark II caddy to play with. I like those. The Skoda-based ones. Mm. Used to be you could pick them up for about 600 quid. Now they're about three grand. Oh. Yeah, you can buy a real dog of one, but they're still like nearly two. Well, he's a welder, so he'll be all right. He's, he's good. <laughs> Talking about caddies, see Pete's making progress in his. He is indeed, the Mark One. Yeah. Hopefully see it at Dubshed. That'll be cool. Uh, Fogel says, as well as finish the green car and try and get more stuff for the mini, fuck my life. Yes, multiple <laughs> projects is great for the wallet. Michael K. GTI bought my B3 Passat wagon. It's quite a cool one, a white one. Oh, it's lovely, yeah. yeah. Uh, just bought R1 bike carbs. This fu- this winter will be fun. Doesn't say what the R1 bike carb is going on to, but yep. that'll sound good, whatever the it B3. is. <laughs> I don't even know what engine's the B3. I think mm-hmm. it might be a TDI. Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. I could be totally wrong on that. We have a final one then from Gethin Evans. He says, Connor McCann, Fat Man Mercedes, which isn't Stefan's handle. Uh, <laughs> what's with the silent K in Volkswagen? And I will say it right that time. Is this Armayan dialect? Now, 
Why, what do I do normally say? Apparently I say Volkswagen. He does. Volts? Just yeah. Vol- B-O-L-S, Volkswagen. Now I will say, I will not be called out from a man of Welsh descent who sounds like he's from Scotland and lives <sighs> on an island. Ooh, we're getting racial now. <laughs> oh, Shots fired. Shots fired indeed. Although, God knows what I actually sound like on this, because I don't know what is going on with this recorder today. Yeah. Aye. He's a brave man when he doesn't have to see me until April, isn't he? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Don't say it'll be good. How do you say the brand that a Clio is? I don't. <laughs> How do you say it? Renault. Renault. I say Renault, but then I've said that for years. <laughs> How do, do you say it? the brand that a 106 is? Peugeot. Yes, I say Peugeot, but it's, Peugeot. it's supposed to be Peugeot. Peugeot. Aye. Uh, I think we'll just wrap this up. Because this recorder's fucked. Burn the recorder and see what's happening. <laughs> it might not actually be coming through. It, it might be in the headphones. Amplifier. Yes. Mm. If it is, just ignore whatever we're saying, folks. You probably do anyway. And I think that's it. Oh, no. We have one last one, which I apparently have missed. Speaking of not being able to pronounce things right, Chris Moran. <laughs> so, Chris Moran? Uh, last one from Chris says, no projects for me, had wanted a three, sorry, a 730D to stick on bags, which would be quite cool as a project for the winter as they're dirt cheap. And, uh, however, my wife thought the seven series money would be better going towards carpet for our house. Oh, nonsense. And wouldn't accept walking around on the concrete. So yes, they have a new house, so it's getting. I mean, I see both sides. I don't know. I like (laughs) do like a big body car like that seven series would cool. Um, he has a question says is the car scene moving away from the performance and more towards the looks of the cars at times it seems like they're more interested in a 2 litre oil burner with a body kit rather than anything quick uh, says sorry maybe change the word quick to fun interesting I don't know a lot of the- I think things move in cycles I remember when I was driving nobody really went for, towards performance because insurance and stuff like that there and the cost of tuning and then you have the other side of things is like, look at the Jap scene. Like mm. the Jap cars don't generally have diesels of more yeah. performance side of things. Yeah, and their paint and body works usually a bit rough, but uh, has a lot better. of engine work and stuff. It's getting better. They're getting there. Mm. All the Volkswagen kids have jumped over their AC and now that's their goal. Quite a few of them have, in fairness. Um, I think it's always been a bit of both. And it depends on what you're going for yourself. Or what you can afford, or what the aim of the car is. Yeah, well, you look at the likes of Jack there, who's less than on the road, less than a year. He's not going to be insuring any performance, performance wise. Mods, but you could do probably like a kit and wheels and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, yeah, I suppose it depends where you look in the scene as well. There's there's a lot of everything, but he is right. There's a lot of you know your general car people is like they'll take a a three thirty or three twenty D and. Slap an M performance kit on it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing: people's disposable incomes have fallen drastically. Also yeah. true. So you know, yeah, you'd not see any difference in my life because I just always drove shitters. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there, then, folks. Yeah, yeah. On that note, I hope you can hear us because what's coming through our earphones is a bit weird. It's horrendous. Yeah. So yes, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you could rate and review on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever. On social media, you can find us at Reload Podcast, and individually we're known as Maxwell House 46, at Connor McCann, at VW Boy, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, folks. Cheers, Cheers. folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.